Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, your football odyssey continued, but a little closer to home with a yeah. trip to Tucson last weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely closer, yes. Uh, you know, nice nice little mix of flights and drives in my plans, and this one was an easy one to just drive down to Tucson and see the old Mississippi State Bulldogs for the first time, uh, a team I'd never seen in person before, uh, and an entertaining team, you know, Mike Leach and... They 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 don't lack for uh, interest. So yeah, it was it was a fun time. First first game. Well, I guess I had gone to see Arizona three years ago down there. I saw them play Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, haven't been to that many games since they did all the renovation there, and still still sort of you know, I suppose like going to ASU. Weird, you know, how different it is in in certain places. Hmm. It's funny because. What ASU did was basically designed to shrink the stadium, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas what U of A did, they they did their shrinking earlier, uh, right? With I their think they kept the capacity about the same, didn't they? Yeah. With with all the change, I mean, they just kind of redistributed it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the you know the. Um, what is it? The the north end and the press box side. I can't remember if that's east or west. Are pretty much exactly as they used to be, mm-hmm. but it's the you know the student section lower level, and then the you know that south end is so different. I mean, remember that south end when when we were in high school? You know, it was bleachers and you could go just kind of stand in there, and that was like the high school kid hangout. Yeah. And now that's that's the exclusive you know uh, club area hooked up to the football facility. That's a that's a whole different ball game now. Mm-hmm. It, it is, I think, nice because unlike Cal and UCLA, I think we're closer to USC, UCLA, in that I don't see one school, you know, one school's collegiate conference future separating <laughs> from the other. Hopefully not, yeah. You know, I just, we... But who knows? You know, but they've made all of the moves together. There are only three state schools in the state. True, true, um, yeah. I'd be surprised. I mean, now I've been surprised with some of the things that have happened recently. So, I'm, I'm you know, you never say never. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just interesting there because, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little different field than it used to be. Um, and yet, unlike ASU, where really most of the stadium is brand new, except for the upper deck by the press box, uh, you know, everything else is new. Arizona's is more of a hybrid, you know, like mm-hmm. about... Probably sixty percent of it is is the same seating that it was when we were kids, but some of it is is markedly different. Yeah, and you got a chance to see the uh, new look Wildcats with their fifty new players on the roster. Yeah, yeah, wasn't overly impressed. I mean, they looked better than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, low bar, that, but that, an important part of it. Very low bar. Very low bar. Yeah, I mean the, that Delora kid. I, you know, I didn't watch him a ton at Washington mm-hmm. State. It was one of those that you hear about him, um, and they won some games, but I didn't really know his style of play. And That was one game, but his style of play is very sort of playground. You know, I mean, he runs, it's it's like, you know, a poor man's Manziel. He runs around, and he, you know, he, he's, he throws some ill-advised passes. Now, he makes some, you know, some really remarkable plays, too, in doing that, but uh, it's it's a uh, you know high risk high reward type style if if that's how he always is that's certainly how he was on Saturday yeah well and the the Cougs are certainly no worse for wear uh, 
No, avoiding no, but doing it. it in a doing it in a weird way. I mean, that that Cam Ward was supposed to, you know, set the world on fire, and his numbers don't jump off the page. But they're winning with defense. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with fourteen points they hold Wisconsin to on the road. Granted, Wisconsin's not a high powered offense, but still, very impressive win for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's uh, before we get into the rest of what happened last week, let's talk about. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, look, it went kind of how we t- thought it would go in that we were kind of in it, but never really. I, in the first quarter, we could have taken more control. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we had a 3-0 lead and, and really outplayed them in the first quarter, it felt like. And, and had they been able to punch in the touchdown... Yeah. Uh, had they been able to make their second drive, you know. <coughs> well, I don't know if it was first quarter or second quarter. So Ellie's interception, you know, yeah. he catches it and goes to the ground. Like, he that that's one that he could have maybe returned. I mean, I, I think he fell as he was catching it. But there was room there. You know, so there, there were little there were little plays that made you think, like, well, we could have we could have really put Oklahoma State behind the eight ball early. Didn't quite do that, and then this, you know, the last part of the second quarter, you know, second second half of the second quarter, they kind of took control of the game, and, and yet then the third quarter really kind of belonged to us too. I mean, we yeah. got got ourselves back in it and got it within three points early in the fourth. Yeah, to, to me, the if you want the positive, it's that third quarter. There was resiliency. We we talked about one fear with this team was will they buy-in or will they fold up shop in the face sure. of adversity and at least for that quarter they bought in they fought yeah um, yeah i mean that easily could have gotten to it was 17-3 at the half you know it wouldn't have been shocking if it had gotten to 31-3 um and instead it you know was 20-17 to with a minute gone in the fourth quarter um and and you know uh couldn't quite, you know, then we gave up a quick touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think we were down 10 and had a, a series, you know, which we kind of even talked about this scenario last week. Like, all right, you're, you're down 10 in the fourth quarter. Can you throw it with success? Well, we had a three and out with three incompletions. So, you know, the, the, the problems that we thought could be there were there. And, you know, eventually they put it away. But, I mean, I'll say this, like, I'm never happy losing. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not tremendously unhappy with how that loss went. Like it, it was my realistic best hope for the outcome. The, the unrealistic best hope was we'd go in and pull the upset. Yeah. Um, but realistically, like, okay, would you take a game you were within a score early fourth quarter, and then you know the the better team, the home team, in this case both, um, it, you know, pulls away and puts you away. Yeah. I mean, like, overall, I can't be too upset by that. Yeah, I think there are positives to take away. The, the defense played pretty well. Yeah. Know, not great, but against an offense that scores a ton of points, that was a very reasonable showing. Yeah, very solid start. You know, I mean, gave up, I think, back-to-back touchdown drives in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. And that's, the, you know, those are your four touchdowns. That's the difference in the game. And, you know, like... 34 points is probably too many to give up if you're going to win. Um, but all in all, like, yeah, not too bad. 
not too, I mean, I, I never felt like in watching the game that that we had no answers for what they were doing. Yeah, we didn't give up 56. No, know? and they weren't just moving up and down the field and, you know, missing field goals or turning it over inside the 10. Like, you know, there are, there are, how you get to those 34 points allowed can be different. You can give up 34 and think, wow, that easily could have been 56. I, I didn't leave that game feeling like that. It was like, yeah, we gave up 34. That's about right. We, we weren't great, but we weren't bad. Mm-hmm. And offensively, I thought, you know, not bad. I mean, Valaday runs for over 100 yards again, um, like what I saw from the run game in general. And, you know, the passing game numbers weren't great, but Elijah Badger had a nice, nice night. Um, you know, is starting to look the part that mm-hmm. we've talked about. And so, like, look, you lost. And, and I'm not going to come out of it all roses and sunshine when you lose by 17 points to anybody. But, you know, overall through two games, I think both games have gone better than either one of us might have expected them to go, if, if yeah. we put it that way. I, I agree. I think if you if you look at the team and what they can be, it's the the picture is starting to focus. If we mm-hmm. get ahead, we can run the ball and you know control the clock. I think we seem like we're the kind of team that can do that. If we are down two scores in the second half and we need to pass, right? That's not not sure ideal. that's what we're built for. <laughs> you know, I to to give some perspective, Emory Jones now through two games has only. In, in modern college football, has only attempted 42 total passes and has under 400 passing yards and one touchdown through yeah. two games. Yeah. So, yeah. We are. I mean, it, you know, it <laughs> doesn't surprise me, but you're right. I mean, it's it's going to make it, you know, difficult, it appears. I mean, unless, unless the offense evolves um, to, you know, yeah, you're down two scores in the fourth quarter. Can you come back and win? Probably not, uh, you know, not without the other team helping you out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we both knew that for this team to be successful, it was going to, you were going to have to follow a specific formula. You know, we're not built to win in eight different ways. We're built to win in basically one way. We, we get ahead, we run the ball, we play good defense, we, we slow the game down, we bleed the clock. Uh, we frustrate you, and all of a sudden, sixty minutes are up, and we've won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I think against Eastern Michigan, we'll be able to do that. Um, yeah, Eastern Michigan enters one and one. They beat Eastern Kentucky, uh, and then we're blown out by Louisville. I'm, I'm sorry, Louisiana, not Louisville. Louisiana, forty-nine twenty-one. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's it should be a you know hopefully a, a comfortable type win, sort of like what we had against NAU, um, and then we you know go into the conference schedule, which those those first two games, um, you know, I still think Utah is really tough. I haven't changed my mind because they lost to Florida and USC. You know. Uh, granted, I don't know how good Stanford is, but USC does appear to be pretty darn good, especially offensively. Like, you know, mm-hmm. defense isn't great, but that offense but is good. And I watched some of that Stanford game. Like, <laughs> they got talent all over the place. Yeah, well, and 
I, I saw somebody broke down a screen pass that Riley drew up. Yeah. Where they got all of the line pulling left, except for one guy pulls right, but they've got a receiver out there to block too. So the whole defense assumes screen left. Then yeah. they turn back to the right, and it's like, oh, it's two two defenders, two blockers, and the receiver, and he walks in untouched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... uh. Well, and it's just, you know, for someone like me who, you know, I don't know every name on every roster by any means. I'm not saying that. But I, you know, you know the, you know the skill guys generally. Um, watching them is, is crazy because it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy from Oregon and that guy from Stanford and that guy from Pitt and that guy from Colorado. And, and, and you know, it, like it's a bunch of guys that weren't there last year, but they're, they're coming together pretty well. Um, you know, interested to see they play at Oregon State in a couple of weeks. That's a that's an interesting one. But you know, I I I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think so. But I'm not ready to uh, like. Let's say this: I'm ready to entertain the possibility they could be. And before the year, I wasn't. Yeah. And look, the every, I saw that there was a lot of frustration that the week three schedule came out and USC is. On Pac-12, USC, Oregon State on Pac-12. Yeah, that that was. I don't know who made that call, but I mean that that to me is probably the best game of that weekend in the Pac-12. Well, and what I heard, the the thought process behind it, and I I want to say this was Wilner, John Wilner. Yeah, um, is that Fox and ESPN only are allotted a certain number of USC games. Yeah, yeah. And that they decided they'd rather wait till later in the year when USC could be in the hunt. Now, if Oregon State beats SC this weekend, that right. looks like a mistake. Right, um, right, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I get that. Um, but boy, I mean, like, I don't, I don't have USC schedule memorized. But I would say, from what I know of it, that might be one of their toughest games. I mean, going to Oregon State is never tough, uh, or is never easy, I should say, always tough. Um, and Oregon State's off to a good start. They're 2-0. and They beat Boise. They beat Fresno. Two, two legitimately solid programs. Um, you know, USC this week has Fresno, and then they play Oregon State next week. And, and so... You know, yeah, I mean, I get that, yeah, okay, you want to save those bullets for later, but boy, that's a that's a good game that unfortunately not many people will see, I don't think. Yeah. Um, very quickly, um, I think we should talk about what happened around the rest of college football. Sure. You know, there was, if Greg Powell's listening, just, you should just stop. I, you're one of my closest <laughs> friends in the world. I care deeply about your emotional well-being. Let's let's stop because it's gonna. We're gonna talk about Texas looking good, yeah, and Texas A&M looking bad, yeah, um, yeah. But if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, does Texas win that game? It, I mean, it, it, it it's not possible. hard to say yes. Um, <laughs> because they were out playing them early. Alabama took a long time to get their offense going. It felt like, I mean, the first two drives, they were pretty good. And then, you know, was just a, a lot of struggles. Um, 
I don't know. You know, I mean, so as, as a Texas fan, I am encouraged by what I saw, but I need to, I need to see like the next four or five weeks to really know how encouraged I should be because what I don't want that to be is last year's Florida state lost to Notre Dame where it was like, wow, they were really competitive against a really good team. Things are going to turn around and Florida state ended up finishing five and seven. Yeah. Now, and so now like, yours is hurt, wh- which matters. It does. But you know, like, look, Hudson card is, is, was a big time recruit too. Um, you know, you got to make it work. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things like you don't, you don't get an indefinite free pass. Um, a lot of people thought Hudson Carb had outplayed Ewers in, in preseason. That was the feeling. And there was a lot of jokes like, you know, oh, Ewers only got the job because the boosters said Ewers needs to get the job. Well, all right, now let's see what this kid can do. Um, he got hurt, too, in the, you know, Alabama game. It stayed in. So, I mean, it starts to, like, UTSA this week for them. And I know, you know, on the service, like, oh, UTSA should be easy. It's a good team. They yeah. took Houston to overtime. Like that, that's not a bad team. And if Texas comes out with a like, oh, well, we only lost to Alabama by one, they can get beat this week and throw away all the momentum that they took from last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm very cautiously optimistic by what I saw. I liked what I saw, but, but you, can't, you can't have the highlight of your season be, well, we almost beat whoever. Like, yeah. okay, go, go win the Big 12s. Or get to the Big 12 championship game. And then you could say, boy, that that almost win over Alabama kicked off a special season. But if you go 8-4, and 7-5, and five, it's like, eh, what? Okay, you almost beat them. Well, you didn't. Yeah. Um, and then how about the the upsets? So we, we alluded to Wisconsin dropping at home, but Wisconsin yeah. loses at home. Only to be outdone by Notre Dame losing at home. Only to be outdone yeah. by Texas A&M losing at home. Yeah, all in all in quick succession too. Um, yeah, I mean it was, and then Nebraska, not a ranked team, but still a, a notable loss that led to a coaching change. Um, so yeah, I mean there were there were certainly some surprises. Boy, the Notre Dame. I mean Notre Dame is an example of what I just said. Like Notre Dame leaves week one with everybody like, well, you know. Boy, yeah, you hung in there really well at Ohio State. No shame in that. Special things are coming. And then the next week you lose, and it's like, well, okay, so much for those special things. And that's exactly what I'm concerned about with Texas. Like, you, you got you to gotta build on that almost win and actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the Notre Dame one, to me, is interesting. I, I, I Obviously, you know, new coach and – I think it's yeah. a little misleading to say first Notre Dame coach in history to lose his first three games. Well, one was the bowl game that he just took <laughs> over. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. I mean, you know, facts are facts, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those that like, there's no shame in losing that bowl game. Oklahoma state was a good team and okay. And, and, you know, you had a couple of guys opt out of the game that were among your better players, uh, you know, and there's no shame in losing at Ohio state, but when you lose that game to Marshall, all of a sudden, like, yeah, I mean, as I was watching that game, I was even thinking, I can already hear the, oh, my God, you know he's not actually won a game as a coach, and sure no, he is. hasn't. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the, the cries are only going to get louder unless he turns it around and starts winning. Yeah. 
Um, but interesting, you know, let's move from that over to A&M with Appalachian State. Um, yeah. Just out played, really. I mean, like, it, you know. It, seems. it yeah. was Yeah. It was a defensive game, and, and A&M's supposed to have offense. Like, this is... You know, we're not. It's not 1980s Big 12 football anymore. They're a good offensive <laughs> no, team, and, no. and Appalachian State basically just short circuited them all day. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's brought up a lot of conversation this week about you know, Jimbo's maybe outdated offense. Uh, I mean, 2013 and 14 with Jameis and that crew it was almost 10 years ago now, and you know, the Florida State offenses the last few years he was there weren't as good and any really you know look they had a they had a really good season two years ago almost made the playoff but they've not been great offensively and i you know i read somebody did a breakdown of his quarterback recruits since Jameis at florida state and a&m and like it's a laundry list of guys who have very much underachieved so far so yeah it, it's um something to monitor i mean he ain't going anywhere yeah he's like, got a lot of money and, coming and, to him Right. I mean, he's not on the hot seat, but certainly, you know, like they were, they're paying him to be better than, you know, eight and four regularly. And, and, you know, so far his career record is worse than Kevin Sumlin through the same amount of games. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the most fair comparison. There's other factors, et cetera, but you know, wins and losses are wins and losses. And to this point, Kevin Sumlin had outperformed him. Yeah. Um, overall two weeks in college football landscape, SEC top still good. Sure. Kentucky, maybe most surprising questions about Alabama. I mean, I got, I I think if, if Alabama wasn't Alabama and they didn't have the track record, you'd say, wow, they got some, they got some concerns. You expect them to figure it out because more often than not, they have, um, but, you know, I was I was surprised by the weakness that they showed in that game. Offensive line, receiver group, uh, the, the penalties that they had. Like, you know, there's enough there to think like, hey, this might not be just a foregone conclusion. They're the best team in the country. Well, and the voters seem to agree with Georgia leaping up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Georgia obviously played, you know, FCS, you know, so you can't take anything from that game. But... Certainly their win over Oregon was entirely more convincing than what Alabama got over Texas. Now, different scenarios, not a road game, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, like if you look at their one game each against what is considered, you know, top 25 level competition, Georgia was much more impressive. Now, we'll, we'll see. Long way to go. We'll see how it shakes out. No one remembers what happens in September by the time we get to mid-November. Um, but – yeah, a little concern there, and uh, you were starting to mention Kentucky. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. good win for them at Florida. Yeah, I, I, I am very intrigued by what <laughs> what does that mean for the Utah loss at Florida? What does that mean? I mean, the Pac-12 to me, unfortunately, is back to USC as the hope. And well, I think I think USC being really good 
deep into the year is is the whole like I still think I don't I'm not ready to write off Utah as a playoff contender yet. Um but their their stock would be boosted by I think they play mid October. If USC goes into that game undefeated and Utah beats them, then then I think Utah makes some noise, you know, but yeah, I think USC right now is the thing that can can raise the conference as a whole. Mm-hmm. Which again is a shame since they're not going to be leaving. Yeah, part of the conference. Right, right. But you know, hey, it is what it is for now, and uh, at least for this year and next, I guess uh, you know, you you hope that you know USC can can be that you know engine that that makes the conference go. Um, and and you know, I mean. If Utah had the exact same two games that USC did so far, the same opponents, the same wins, people wouldn't really be paying much attention. But because it's USC and Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and all of that, you know, there's some notoriety to it. And yeah, I mean, it it is, that is the conference's best hope right now is whether it's them or whether it's Oregon or Utah, whoever beats them, um, that, you know, they stay really good. And, and stay a national presence for the whole season. Yeah. I yeah I, I'm intrigued by what's gonna happen with the Pac-12 and whether they embrace USC because the conference does make a push for these things. Like clearly they didn't go to bat for this game against Oregon State, but yeah, you know. If USC is going to become a favorite son of the voters, right? You're going to need to see them playing yeah. marquee games in good time slots. Agreed. And the conference needs to push that. I think. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and so again, will you, they? Uh, you know, I'm sure in the in the conference office. I mean, if you could draw it up. You'd love, you know, USC to be, you know, twelve and zero going into that conference title game, and you know maybe get beat, uh, you know, by somebody who's not UCLA, so that you could say, see, our our remainder of football is still great. We beat mighty USC, mm-hmm. but you know, then USC is still USC, and and it, you know, so I I don't know. I mean, who knows how it all shakes out, but you know, I think. Deep down in the conference office, that's probably what they'd be rooting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because we need them to be good so the conference is relevant. And remember, if they make the playoff, that's money for people. Sure, sure. That's true, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, I suppose it's it's a little bit like the American last year when it was Cincinnati and Houston. It was like, well, you know, they're both leaving. But this is also big that we're getting a team in the playoffs, so we'll just enjoy it for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I I don't envy George Klyovkov right now. Uh agreed. I I think that it's it's a delicate situation. The easiest thing obviously is to say, look, you're here for the for the kids who are at the school. Mm-hmm. And that's the position he took, you know, at the start. But if if that's where it ends, 
that's gonna be it's gonna make for some awkward moments at the conference championship game probably so yeah yeah but we'll see you know like i i mean i they looked really good against stanford i am a uh, you know trying to rein in my own sort of like you know watch them and think like whoa because it's like well we know stanford hasn't been very good last couple years um they weren't supposed to be good this year so it's like all right let's see you know let's check again in in four weeks Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what have they done? Did they go to Oregon State and win easily? If they did, then, you know, I'll sit up and pay attention a little bit more. Yeah. Or even yeah. just win. I mean, honestly, like, that team, I think it was, what, 08 when they had Sanchez? They had that great defense. I mean, and their only loss, and the loss that kept them out of the BCS championship game that year was at Oregon State. So, like, you know, seen it before. That's a place where we know it as ASU fans. Yeah, dreams uh, go to know, die. Hopes go to die in, in, in Corvallis at times. Yeah. Um, do you have any other big college football takeaways through two weeks or things that I'm, I'm looking through? It, it, You know, a lot has gone according to form. We've talked about things sure. that haven't. But is there anything else that you've seen? You know, uh, I mean, nothing that really jumps out. I guess we, we talked a little about Florida, uh, you know, last week, and then you mentioned them this Obviously, it was kind of a come-back-to-earth for them um, and for Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. I'm not too alarmed by that. Like, I mean, you know, like, he didn't look great. Um, but, you know, got a week of everyone telling him how amazing he is. And, you know, Kentucky's a good team. And, uh, you know, they're, they're still, to me, a fascinating team to see where, where it goes this year. Um, maybe we got a little overexcited by one win, but I still think they're an interesting team to see how it develops. And, you know, that, that division, like, I think Georgia's going to cruise through the first couple months, but then like they play Florida and Tennessee and Kentucky, I think in a four week span, those are all good teams. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, as good as Georgia looks, it's not going to be a cakewalk to the finish line. I don't think. Yeah. Agreed. Tennessee got a, got themselves a nice win on the road at Pitt. Like they they look like a legitimately good team too. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting early this year, but the SEC seems deeper. Arkansas might be legit. Yeah, Kentucky might be legit. The year. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> Alabama. If we say Alabama's got problems, uh, a problematic Alabama team's what nine and three. Still pretty good. Yeah, and they're probably going to be better than that. I mean, you know, but again, I mean, it is it is one of those that, okay, I'm expressing concern about Alabama, and what did I say? You know, they may not – it may not be a foregone conclusion. They're the best team in the land. <laughs> That's not a horrible thing, but I thought – I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, when we did our preseason picks, I said I thought Alabama and Ohio State were far and away the two best teams in the country. I'm less convinced of that. I still – wouldn't change my pick at this point that they're going to be the, the two remaining teams at the very end, but I'm less certain of it than I was before the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They um, looked vulnerable. Let's just say that, you know, now they looked vulnerable last year and they were still in the championship game at the end. So we'll see. Yeah. They, they have the returning Heisman trophy winner, defensive player of the year from the team that, 
finished second in the nation. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I mean, they're you know, not. I mean, they, they still have <laughs> a lot to be optimistic about. But I, I, I guess I had the feeling that maybe this was going to be sort of like what they did in 2020, where it was just, you know, get out of our way. We're going to roll over everybody. And I mean, already it hasn't been that way. And, you know, you look at, you look at, they play Arkansas, they play LSU, they play Ole Miss, they play Mississippi State. It's like, well, you know, could somebody in that group pull off an upset? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm, I'm not sure that it won't. So let's put it that way. Fair. Um, I do want to talk, I want to talk through something with you. Uh, All right. Sort of like the Tiger Woods off the course stuff from a decade ago. I'm having a a Brett Favre reckoning. (laughs) Um, So Favre was my favorite player growing up. And he was the quarterback of my childhood. He won a Super Bowl when I was about to turn 11. So I was, you know, like right in the wheelhouse to be like, well, this is the greatest quarterback of all time. And, you know, and I loved watching Favre. I had, you know, I had read the books. I had seen the things. Obviously, his exit from the team left a little. And then the stuff with the Jets and the text messages is not good. And and you just, but you kind of, that part all kind of went with the, yeah. Well, he kept playing and he kept winning, and so we just didn't talk about it. And then, you know, his political views got a little problematic for me just in general, but, you know, that's not football. But sure. but now this, with the text messages, he took money that was earmarked for, you know, needy families and lobbied slash cajoled to get a volleyball stadium built yeah. at usm right um i i'm just you know the reckoning this like slow motion because i remember the story at first was he owed money back to the state that was like the story yes yes and then it became well he took money for speeches he didn't deliver and it's like okay well, that's not good well, he paid the money back. We're fighting about whether he has to pay them back with interest. Okay. And it's yeah. like, well, this is what the money was for. And also he had his hand in these other, you know, yeah. Yeah. misappropriations yeah. of funds. And now like people have gone to jail. People have pled guilty. Um, the text messages came out as part of, I believe the woman, Nancy knew uh, part of the case against her and the evidence submitted against her. And it's like, mm. Uh, this is bad, like legally <laughs> yeah. bad. Now it's not, you know, he didn't kill anyone. No, that I know no. of. Uh, but right, but this is rough as a as a fan, and so I'm I'm struggling here with. I'll, I'll start with this. I've got a framed Brett Favre Sports Illustrated hanging in my basement. Yeah. I'm not inclined to take it down. I wouldn't. 
But I also am not sure, like, on the tour of my house, I would, like, stop and, and point it out anymore. Well, I suppose. But, I mean, I guess for me, and I, and I can say this with consistency, um, you know, did you, did you become a Brett Favre fan because he was your pal and you, you know, like... Like no. he was a friend of yours. No, you know, like he became no. a Brett Favre fan because he was a great quarterback for the Packers. That hasn't changed. He yeah. was a great quarterback for the Packers. And, and so, uh, you know, like it's tough. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong, but I do my best to separate, you know, the person from the performer, um, you know, and I have plenty of examples of it. You know, Tiger Woods is, is one that obviously I probably, you, most think of me, you would, because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan, and he went through some very notable public foibles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm going through with Deshaun Watson right now. Like I, I still like Deshaun Watson as a football player. I have my you know Clemson Deshaun Watson jersey. I ain't getting rid of it. I'll wear it proudly if I if the time comes. Um, is Deshaun Watson a great guy? It doesn't seem like it, but. I didn't become a fan of his because I thought he was a great guy. I became a fan of his because I liked him as a quarterback. So, so I mean, if you're asking my advice, and I don't know if you are, um, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything about your Favre fandom. Um, I mean, you know, is he probably a bit of a scumbag? It seems like it. Um, this isn't the first clue that he might be. Yeah. But, you know, well, and hey, that's kind it is of, what it is. That, that is kind of how I've approach this i guess is you know i've actually looked to you and our discussions like i did not like brett Favre growing up as like this is a person who i will rely on as a moral compass or a a guiding exactly a a guiding person on life choices i right right I was very happy to watch him throw touchdowns. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard because you can't help but, I mean, I've done it with the Mannings. You know, you kind of, you, you get taken in by their story and the family and the dynamic and, it, you know, but like I always tell myself, I don't know the Mannings. I've, I've you know, been lucky enough to meet them a couple of times. Um, they've been nice when I met them. But I, I don't know them. So if something comes out in the future about the Mannings and it's like, oh, well, it's like it's not going to change my belief system because my belief system isn't based on, oh, Peyton Manning's a great guy. I don't know that. I mean, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's funny in his commercials and he's good on the Manning cast and all that. But I don't know if he's a great human. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, some people know. I don't. And I never will. Yeah. And I think ultimately I land in that same bucket. Um, You know, this is one of those things where it's also easy when it's after the fact, like his playing career is done. I don't have to reckon with, I don't like the Packers quarterback personally. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of reckoning with it now with (laughs) Rogers. Like you might be on a different person. But it doesn't change, like, <laughs> right. the game memories. And it's the same with Rodgers. Like, I was at the game where against the Bears where he got hurt and they were down right. and he came back and they 
had they come back when it's like that's probably the coolest football pro football moment i've exactly. seen in person exactly you know? yeah yeah i mean you know and and right those those are the things that should never change you know and 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 it's why i mean you know it, this is a sort of different discussion but in some ways i don't think it is completely different it's why i hate the notion of like you know oh, this, you know, this championship wasn't actually won or this award was taken away from someone or this, you know, it's like those things happen, man. And you don't have to like them. You know, I mean, like OJ Simpson, like, okay, OJ is a pariah now. There's no argument about that. But if you're a USC fan who, you know, was alive in the late 60s and you remember OJ slicing through, and I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't say that, but that was no pun intended. Yeah, but, you know his long run against UCLA, um, and and that's a great memory for you. Then by God, it should stay that way, like you know because because it is like he was a USC running back. Or if you're a Bills fan and you remember the Electric Company, and, and you know like that's your prerogative, man. You know, and and ninety nine percent of fans don't actually know these players. They don't know them personally. They never will. So. Don't be betrayed when it when it's like you know. Well, it turns out OJ's not a good person. Okay, uh, you know. I mean, would it have been nice if he was? I suppose, but you know, you probably didn't become a fan of his because he was a good person. Yeah. Um. So we skipped something that I would need to go back to, and then I have one more okay. topic. But we did not actually make picks for the Eastern Michigan game. No, that's true. We did not. Yes. Okay. Um. You're up. I'm going to say 27 to 13 ASU. Okay. I'll give us, I'll give us some more points on the board based on what I saw against NAU. And we left some points there, uh, you know, that we could have had. I'm, I'll say, uh, I'll say 45 to 17. Okay. Yeah. I just, I think there's going to be some settling for field goals and some like, there could be, you know, there could be. But yeah, I you know I I hope that it's a high scoring affair. I won't watch it because it's on Pac twelve network. It's so. on Pac twelve, yeah, me neither. But uh, I did download but, the uh, local Phoenix sports radio app so that I should be able to stream the broadcast. So that's yeah, good. yeah. I will admit, you know, I'm going to be in a different time zone, and I don't know how much of it. I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully you know pay attention to the beginning, and I'm not making any promises from there live. Yeah. But I'll catch up on it. For sure. Um, all right, so the last topic, which we did not preview, but along the lines of bad people in sports, <laughs> um, Robert Sarver wrist <laughs> sl- yeah. slap. <laughs> like, they, the, the findings, it, it was Zach Lowe went off on this, and he was absolutely yeah. right. You read the findings, you read the conclusions about his actual conduct. Yeah. And then the like hard left turn of, but it's not motivated by race or sexism or anything. It's like, well, I believe was silver's explanation today, basically. Right. Yeah. We didn't have enough to take the team from him, which it didn't. I mean, so I'll be honest, maybe you read more. I didn't read as much as I probably should have. Like, did anyone call Silver on the fact that, well, like you did take the team from Donald Sterling? So Howard very Beck, much the same stuff. Howard Beck did okay. raise it 
And and it was interesting because he didn't call out Sterling by name. Yeah. But but what Beck said is, look, there are people in the league office. If they said it, they'd be gone. If I said it yeah. in my job, I'd be gone. There are people at each of the teams who, if they said these things, they'd be gone. Yeah, I don't. Well, most of them. And yeah. that's what he said. Yeah. He's like, so I don't understand what this is. And, and his Silver's response was basically, you get better, different, special treatment if you're an owner. Which I get. And, and I, I mean, but the, but it's one. I agree with you. It seems <laughs> inconsistent with how they handled it before. But the, yeah. but the idea is like, well, you know, the Clippers players were going to refuse to play. I, I feel bad because I think it puts Chris Paul in the same situation he was in a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. But effectively, you know, will they come out with the shirts inside out? Uh, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know. So that that's a it's a little bit of a powder keg. But and I know LeBron apparently tweeted some things today, but it feels like and this is not just about Sarver, but in general, that NBA players, whether they were told to or just realized it was a smart move, have backed off some of the political stuff in the past year or two. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not sure that they have the stomach to 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 fight that battle, especially given that it's the offseason right now. Yeah. I mean, you know we have short attention spans. And you he's know, suspended, by, by so October, he's not going to be there. Be even remembered? I, I don't know. I so I I have. Do you want to hear the? I'm not being serious, but the, my my first thought. Sure, sure. I I'm excited for them to monetize the sell the team T-shirts and sell them in the team <laughs> shop. And I'm yeah, fanatics. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, I mean, tongue in cheek, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I just I don't know. You know, I I feel like the the Donald Sterling thing was the perfect storm of an owner who was pretty much universally reviled before that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, before the, the audio came out and that's the second element of this, the audio, we don't have audio. We don't have video mm-hmm. reading it on paper is never as offensive to people as seeing it or hearing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, ask well, Ray Rice, like Ray Rice probably would have played another year or two in the NFL. If there wasn't video of him punching out his girlfriend, the video ended his hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that, and, and again, it's just like Sterling was, I mean, Sterling was a punchline from, from the moment I remember first following basketball, Donald Sterling and the LA Clippers were a punchline. And, and so it was like, it, no one was going to rise to Donald Sterling's defense because everyone hated him anyway. And so when that came out, it was like, ah, easy target, get him out. Boom. Um, Sarver isn't Mr. Popular, but he's not nearly as reviled as Donald Sterling was. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think there's the stomach to do it. I mean, Silver won't say that, but I bet you in his in, in you know in private he would admit that he'd love to do the same thing, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the support to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's part of it. The one thing to me, so this is putting the journalist hat back on. Yeah. You know, Baxter Holmes was all over this, you know. He was. Forever yeah, he ago. Was. And then there's the, I saw Zach Harper at Talk Hoops <laughs> had tweeted out uh, the statement from Sarver when Holmes's reporting first came out of, right. this guy has no idea what he's talking about. I've never right. said any of this in my life. 
you know, he should be fired. This should be retracted. Got an agenda. Yeah. Oh, then, I remember. Yeah. And then his yeah. statement after this of like, after the ruling of like, well, you know, I learned a lot and I said some things I probably shouldn't have said. It's like, you know, this is the scream your objections and then no one remembers. Right. You know, that they had you dead to rights a year ago or more. Right. Right. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's a it's a fascinating story. I I also, you know, the cynic, but I think maybe realistic cynic. Um, says, boy, this is this is good timing for the NBA to put this out. Start a football season. Um, you put it out. You, you weather the storm for 48 hours, and pretty soon, we'll, you know, the, the sports world will move on to, you know, who won in college football. Uh, how did my fantasy team do? Did I win my, you know, over under my point spread bets on NFL on Sunday? And that'll be that. You know, who got hurt? Who's out for the season? And, and this will be yesterday's news in in a very short amount of time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably you right. Know, you put this out in July, maybe that's not the case. You know, but putting it out in September is, is yeah. brilliant timing. You wait too close to the season. You're right. You know, you're, right. You're then clouding. the players are going to get asked about it and blah, 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 you know. It's it's still what three four weeks before they show up for preseason training camp, you know. People, I mean, we have short attention spans. I mean, I I've witnessed it. I've watched it happen with everything that's gone on in golf. I've even heard media say it, which is like you know you're the problem with saying like, well, I I can't keep asking the same question to Phil Mickelson or whatever. Like, no, though no, no, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. And, and you backing down and you basically saying, well, maybe he's not going to answer my question. I'll just stop asking is exactly what these guys are, are hoping for that. You'll just lose interest. Yeah. And, and so I think this, that's what'll happen with this too. Yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. It is. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating story. Obviously, you know, I hate the Suns and I hate Sarver and, so I've, I've kind of watched it unfold with glee. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those that feels like, you know, oh, one suspension and like, well, all right, what, I don't know. Does that amount to much? I mean, for someone with an ego like him, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, well, and that was part of silver's argument too, is there's a public embarrassment factor that you can't. And that's true. You know, you that's know, in, intangible. Uh, I mean, uh, but Again, it's like, like in two years, he's going to be sitting courtside. He's back, exactly, know? and and public embarrassment. Like I mean, just like the way the world is right now, I'm not sure that I'm not sure famous people, at least some of them, feel any public embarrassment. They just keep on going. They'll mm-hmm. just they'll take your slings and arrows, and they'll you know soothe their pain with their many many billions of dollars, and it's like yeah, who cares. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating story. We'll see if it goes anywhere. I mean, it's one that maybe it has legs, but I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll follow along with that. We'll talk about what happens with ASU around the rest of the football landscape. And maybe we'll even talk baseball since it's September and the playoffs yeah. going on. It's coming up. That's right. 
But uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.